another night. Another night. How's everybody feeling out there? Happy to have you back. It's um, it's the 14th day of December, 2022. And we had a, a little... Uh, shift around in the game plan for tonight our guest had to postpone we'll figure out a day for him to come back in january and uh <clears throat> that was around 2 p.m so around the time that i'm starting to wind down with the writing and the conceptualizing and move into marketing and other odd odd items and everything else is when I had to start my day all over again. So this is going to be a little bit of a, I don't know, random bits kind of a night. I have a thread about the Ubermensch. And um, and that was inspired by the fact that tomorrow there's some kind of a, an announcement, a big announcement coming from the Trump camp. And they put out a meme of Donald Trump being Superman. And a, a video of him saying that the world or the, the country needs a superhero. And that tomorrow there's going to be a gigantic announcement coming our way. So I said, okay, well, I, let's jump into this Ubermensch thread. So I got that in the second half of the show. Maybe the second half of the first hour. Maybe I'll save it for the second half altogether. Um, depending on how we burn through time. I'd like to get some audience input on things. I'd like to perhaps even jump into the though we all we also have set Friday night we have Friday night for a bunch of things so we can do out of the mouths of babes that night as well babes in Toyland I think that would be nice I don't know it's been a uh, it's been an odd odd couple of days and the days are only going to get odder odder more odd Oddest. Anyway, I hope you're doing well. I'm going to get some calls lined up very, very soon, and I uh, perhaps you'll be knocking on the door. Tomorrow, Timothy Gordon will be on with us. Friday, the 16th, we're just going to be chilling, doing whatever. December 17th, Saturday night, Lauren and I will get here at some point, and we will go live at some time, and we will stay live for a little while. That's all I can tell you about it right now, because I think we're going to go out first to dinner and then um, and then swing by. But but yes, next week is going to be a nice big one, a, a good finish, hopefully an uplifting one. Rich Barris, Chris Ann Hall, John Paul Rice, my family Christmas night. I got uh, most of the family coming here on the 23rd. And then it's uh, Christmas weekend. So I'll be, I'll, hopefully I'll be talking with the guys at the network to talk about what, what exactly our plan for December 24th and 25th are going to be. I would love to have a really great lineup on the network all throughout the weekend so that whenever you sign in, if you wanted to leave it up on the television while your family's over, I'll make sure that we have all types of good stuff and great movies and all uh, Yule Log substitutes and good stuff. And then that week before New Year's Eve is one of the weirdest weeks on the 
on the calendar, is it not? It has to be the weirdest week on the calendar because there's nothing bigger than Christmas and then it's just those four days in between, nobody's doing business, not in a significant way. Most companies have already have all of their, their, their money spent and they've, uh, they're already planning the second quarter of the year. It's just a very weird time. I can tell you that just from being in sales for a brief period of time when I was doing, I was selling uh, radio ads for WFAS and on Secor Road in Hartsdale, New York. Yeah, it was a dead, dead time. And then I went right into personal, personal training and, um, and I haven't been happier. Had not been happier because then I got the flexibility to continue doing radio and then that's all she wrote. So I want to thank my sponsors, all of them tonight. It's very important because there's, the time is running out and some of you are thinking, what the hell am I going to get? What am I going to get for people? Well, you can, there's some great leads on the affiliates page on quite frankly TV. You just hit affiliates right there. And then all of a sudden there's all of our friends with blue monster prep and secret nature CBD right at the top. Apex lefty cigar. I know that people have been buying the quite frankly jester cigars like mad the last couple of weeks. Everybody, I'm getting all these great pictures sent to me. Nordic coffee. Go grab some uh, quite frankly daily roast. A daily roast. Rise Attire, Dr. Gottwood, so we got woodworking there. Flip City Magazine, Print Entertainment, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. I give silver to everybody on the holidays, and so should you. Anyway, there's there's plenty to look through. Plenty to look through. And I, I leave you with that. All right, into the grab bag we go. How's that sound? First one up is going to be from Summit News. Washington Post corrects an op-ed conflating lack of black Argentinian footballers with the history of black erasure. So I saw this over the weekend because, of course, it doesn't matter who what happens. If there is a team anywhere in any sport that makes it far enough down a playoff or any kind of a tournament, and if they're not sufficiently non-white, let's just say, if they're not sufficiently non-white, then somebody and all of their their crazy cracked-out readers are going to start protesting that this is an erasure of black people, of brown people, of anybody except the whites. Those are the people who need to be erased. So they started complaining about how there wasn't enough black people on the Argentinian uh, football team. And now there is a little bit of a, uh, a, a correction, a course correction. The Washington Post has been forced to issue a correction to an op-ed that asked, why doesn't Argentina have more black players in their World Cup lineup? After Argentinian people pointed out that the country is overwhelmingly white and not obsessed with virtue signaling about race, of course. That's when, that's when they had to say, all right, well, you know what? This only works in places like the United States where we are dying a slow, hilarious death. A hilarious one. Hilarious. I'm glad that minds are splitting apart. The piece claimed that it is a myth that Argentina is a white nation, with the author Erica Denise Edwards, an associate professor at the University of Texas at El Paso. I'm sure everybody at El Paso is having a quality education under Professor Denise 
suggesting her rantings uncover a history of black erasure in Argentina. In the piece, Edwards argues that in the 18th century, a third of Argentina's population was black, and that since then, there has been an agenda to whiten the country. They believed that to join the ranks of Germany, France, and England, Argentina had to displace its black population, both physically and culturally, she further asserts. She also points to census figures from 2010 claiming they prove that roughly 1% of Argentina's population of 46 million is black. After people pointed out that this is just not true, the Washington Post issued a correction noting that the actual number was far less than 1%. Here's some more uh, responses from around Twitter. From Sour Stuart Brown, this piece is full of inconsistencies and misinterpretations. It is evident that the person who wrote it has no knowledge of Argentine culture and never lived in Argentina. They don't care. It's not about knowledge. There's plenty of ways to learn about American culture too. There's, there's plenty of ways to gain really good, balanced, healthy, views on American history as well. They don't care. The myopic view, the victimhood view, where you're peddling victimhood and demanding retribution hundreds of years later after a perceived or otherwise real uh, slight or, or crime, is all a part of a modern day progressive grift. That's what they do. They don't care. Here's another one. From Nico Slabinski, you can't apply an American perspective to this, Washington Post. The obsession to put everything through a lens that fits your worldview is deeply troubling. In your article, you demonstrate a complete lack of understanding of the indigenous and Hispanic history of Argentina. Good job, especially that first part. You cannot apply American perspective to anything, at least modern American, perspe modern American perspective to anything, and expect to have a healthy understanding of any topic none you cannot you can't expect that we are in an, an insane an insane nation here's another one from white knight uh-oh just came back to laugh at washington post washington post argentina is racist because they don't have black players in their team then washington post Sorry, we didn't know there are no black people in Argentina. <laughs> and this paper is funded by Bezos. This is their research. Oh, I love these responses. So fewer than 150,000 in a country of 46 million, and that's including women and all men who are not between the ages of 18 and 35, which is the approximate age window of players of this caliber. Now oh, you got you got to get representation in there. Guy, everybody's got to get repre represented. Don't you understand? Who's representing me? I wonder who's representing me on the American team. Is there a, a personal representative for Frank? Figure that out, please. Oh, you're white, are you not? You represent... Just shut the fuck up! Psychos. Psychos. These are people that used to be begging on the side of street corners with their cups, talking to five... Five people in their heads at once. You say, don't look at them right in the eye, son. Don't look at them right in the eye. You give, them the, give them the dollar, put the dollar in the cup, but don't look them in the eye. Those are the people who, that's where they used to be. And now they're writing for the Washington Post and they're teaching at universities in El Paso. 
crazy schizophrenic freaks. Here's another one from Ben Harris Quinney. Says these pieces are always written by people who know zero about football, but a lot about woke. Are the Washington Post suggesting that there are good black are there are good black Argentine players not being selected for the team due to racism? Who are they? No footballing nation leaves great players out due to race. Don't expect people to understand. But you know, this is good enter- this has become entertainment. Watching dumb people make fools of themselves. All right. Oh, here's another one I thought was actually absolutely fantastic. From the Washington Examiner, here's a headline. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's climate change documentary. I didn't even know one was coming out. Uh, then again, nobody did. The documentary she just attached herself to. Bombs at the box office despite leftist pandering. You want to know how bad the bombing was? Oh, my God. <laughs> Titled To the End. To the end, yes, the bitter end. The documentary showcased the life and work of four young women, already completely boring, and their attempt to pass significant legislation to address the Earth's changing climate. Oh, oh, <laughs> can you think of a worse way? I, I, I think having my toenails ripped out with pliers would be more entertaining than following the work of four women trying to get climate change legislation passed. Oh my God, is the toenail ripper in tonight? I'm looking for a thrill. The film managed to, (laughs) listen to this. The film managed to rake in a mere $80. That is dollar sign eight zero. The film managed to rake in a mere $80 per theater, according to a report. Professional critics lauded the work, uh, gifting it an 88% fresh critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, No surprises there either. And leftist media praised it for its its call to action. Representative Ocasio-Cortez offers the best on-screen antidote to despair. She's funny, a canny political strategy review from the New York Times read. Debuting in 120 locations, to the end brought in less than $10,000. Less than $10,000. Oh boy. Now it's too bad that they couldn't stuff the box office like they stuffed ballot boxes or this pile of trash would be a best I mean, it would, be, it would be a blockbuster. It'd be a winter blockbuster, at least in the newspapers. That'd be it. They'd give her a... Uh, it'll probably still win an award. They'll give this donkey face with a stupid nose an award. But that... And, and, and you know, the joke about the box office stuffing and the ballot box, that, that's just... Uh, it's more than halfway serious. Because again, when you talk about things like this and you, we refer to the terrible ratings that continue to decline for these award shows and everything else that are supposed to be, um, you know, the, the beating heart of these progressive cultural movements. This is where the hive mind really is buzzing. And, and to show how 
in the grand scheme of things, they have absolutely no sex appeal, no charisma, despite being obsessed with sex and things like that. They have absolutely no appeal. Nobody's watching. There's nobody's interested. But man, oh man, do they, can they find 100 million votes for a demented old bat whenever they whenever they want? That's interesting. No appeal whatsoever. You would think that this would be just the film would be melted. I know, I know it's all digital now, but um, but man, speaking of the demented old bat. Biden, that Biden guy, he snaps over, quote, fucking age talk as he mulls re-election. Age is nothing but a bleeping number, according to President Biden. The oldest ever commander-in-chief who turned 80 last month has vented to allies about how much the topic uh, uh, is discussed in the media as he seizes upon a bid for a second term in 2024. I would be very surprised, and then again, would not surprised, because I didn't think it was possible that this was going to continue, and actually, they're going to go through with it in 2020, but they did, and as long as he has breath in his lungs, um, and can read a script, um, I mean, even 30% efficiently, relative to what, I don't know, a fifth grader, then why not, why not? It's like having an old car and just saying, you know, I am going. I'm going to take this thing on the highway and I'm going to. I'm going to ride this until it just blows. I'm going to ride this one out until the engine just blows out. It's not like it's, it has any scrap value, nothing like that. I might as well just get everything I can out of this. You think I don't know how fucking old I am? An exasperated Biden who reportedly has a penchant for profanity. Well, yeah, I know. I mean. Uh, of course he has a pension for profane outbursts. He's an 80-year-old man with dementia. You've never been around... Obviously, you've never been around old people with dementia. Um, ranting to one of his acquaintances earlier this year, according to the outlet, Biden, who has said he expects to run enough for another four years in office, but has pushed a final decision back until early next year, would be 86 years old when he leaves office if he completes a full second term. It is never going to happen. This man is not making it to 86. It's not happening. And that's not that's not because I, I, I know anything other than the condition of the body and the mind that is being pushed and guided around. Uh, it, it, I, it's just, please... I just hope and pray that when I am in my 80s, I still have that kind of energy. Representative Mike Levin from uh, California told Politico when he asked about the wisdom of reelecting an octogenarian president. Oh, please, wisdom, electing. What are we doing about this? Oh, by the way, though, somebody saw Jill slip something in Joe's mouth. Daily Mail, what did Jill give Joe? Amphetamines, of course. First Lady hands the president a treat, which he slips into his mouth before his big speech on marriage rights, which is another, the Respect for Marriage Act, which is just that, it's all an act. Um, they're passing more and more legislation with whatever kind of uh, congressional majorities they have for the next couple of weeks. And it, it's, um, 
it's all nonsense, of course. There's no there's no authority for Congress, but nobody knows that, so it is whatever they say it is. He says this, he's Biden said the Respect for Marriage Act was needed because Justice Clarence Thomas suggested other cases based on Roe versus Wade's precedent should be revisited, including the 2015 landmark gay marriage decision, uh, Olbergfell versus Hodges. So sadly, I must acknowledge, this is a quote, another reason we're here, Biden told a crowd of thousands, Congress is acting because an extreme Supreme Court has stripped away the rights afforded to millions of Americans that existed for half a century. No, you see, if he weren't talking to abject retards or people who just don't like the Constitution and don't like having any kind of limitations to what a central force can do to dictate to hundreds of millions of people, uh, he would know and everybody else would know that if Congress had the right to act, if Congress had any kind of enumerated power set aside for it to act on something such as this, then there is nothing that a Supreme Court would be able to do to strip away a right. Because Supreme Court doesn't strip away rights. Or at least it doesn't have the right to. It does have the right to say that this is unconstitutional. It's not within the purview of the Congress. And go back to your respective states and do whatever the hell you want within the confines of your state constitution. People don't know, people don't care. Always remember that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We're watching the worst, most brain dead movie you've ever rented. And you did rent it. You did rent it. It takes 30 to 40% of your income every year and you're forced to watch this shit because you funded it. That's the worst part. Okay, that's all I have for you in the opening. We're going to go into a, a little bit of this FTX thing because Jonathan Turley wrote a story about the arrest of the Sam Bankman guy, and I thought it was, um, I had not considered it. So I want to read that, and then we'll get into our Ubermensch segment, and, um, and hopefully you guys and gals are having a good time out there. We'll take some calls in the second half, and away we go. It's Wednesday. It's the 14th, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, Chloe! Let me have some wine. Chloe! Go wine. Josie, please. Ah, you love to rip on the floor. What do you want? Man, judge yourself. I think I should do it. Well, take a walk around the neighborhood. Do your job. and stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Okay. It's just me and the moon glows. You know, last night's show, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. The, the pre-show is over. This is quite frankly. And you have, you are completely welcome and encouraged to support the show with your thoughts and with your contributions through any kind of super chat means all throughout the night. I'll be checking them on quite frankly, superchat.com. Remember anything that comes through on there. And I'm already looking for a substitute for this one because people are having a hard time logging in. Because uh, for some reason, and I didn't know that this was the case, all I was looking for was a super chat um, processor that gave people the option not to, to avoid PayPal if they so choose. And now I'm starting to realize that uh, it's, it's asking people to log in with their YouTube or their Facebook or their Twitch or something in order to do any of that. And some people don't have any of those. And now I have to find something that is even more not that. As if I have any time to do any of this but it has to be done because we need to keep people happy and involved and uh you can do it there super chats quite frankly superchat.com which will be going and collecting names for the giveaway next friday and then we have a quite frankly.tv gold pills there's also the rumble rants and tips on rockfin so that's how you can add your thoughts to the show without calling in but i i hope that we can get some calls in later on and i got a lot of great and continue to receive great reviews from last night's show with shane cashman you know what's crazy about that show is again a few guests like that have worked out in such an amazing way this year where it's just fate takes it away fate just takes it away and makes it all make sense shane was was booked back in october to come in and do a talk about his podcast and all that. And then only along the... T- all, so we we're going to talk about ghosts. And we we're going to talk about the inverted world and unsolved mysteries and hidden gold and all that stuff. Which was cool enough. Right up my alley as it is. And then we get closer and closer to the date. And I realize that we share an alma mater. And we are, uh, you know, so not so much local guys. But we were all playing band in bands in the local hard rock heavy metal scene around here the same years we had to have been on some shows together at some local festivals or whatever because we're all playing all the same venues and then um and then not only that but about 12 hours or so before he comes on the air i realized that within the last week he published those two days with yay and that the second part of the two the, the two-part article that he put out would be released just hours before he came on the air with me. And that it wasn't even just a a piece that he had written from observing what happened from afar or whatever. He was in it. He was in the middle of it. Everybody was wondering what the hell was going on off air at, uh, at TimCast that time. Well, uh, Shane was talking to, to Kanye and exchanging information, and all of a sudden he spent a two-day retreat with him in L.A. And we got some great exclusives there last night. That's just, um, sometimes that stuff just falls into your lap. And I think that we made pretty good friends with Shane, too, so we'll, we'll have some fun in the future, especially once spooky season rolls around again. No way in hell are we going to go through an October without a uh, visit from from him and doing some other stuff. And I got him l- linked up 
Hopefully it works out in the future sometime. But I got him linked up with Corey Daniel to do some investigative work in the American Southwest and those deserts. But Okay, other than that, which was a great week, great week in one night, I have this update on Sam Bankman-Fried because I was wondering, what's going on? When are they going to arrest this guy? Because it didn't look like it was going to happen. And then uh, and then he started doing all of this this media, started taking all these interviews, and then the arrest came, which I thought was odd. I said, oh, well, maybe he was just out there trying to play to the public, knowing that he's getting in trouble. Someone like Jonathan Turley thinks it was something completely different. You'll see in a second. But here's some of the headlines that came out today. New York Post, Sam Bankman freed, fried, whatever, denied $250,000 cash bail offer after begging judge to be let loose over his vegan diet and ADD. Oh, that's all you have going on? First of all, uh, this is a very terrible look for vegans because I saw a picture of this kid a couple of years ago and he's at least 30 pounds lighter. How the hell does somebody become so gross in on a vegan diet? How does that happen? How does that happen when well, you're barely getting anything? Fallen FTX mogul Sam Bankman-Fried brought up his vegan diet and apparent ADD diagnosis as he begged the Bahamas judge to let him out of jail on Tuesday with his attorney proposing $250,000 cash bail to no avail. According to reports, a magistrate judge in the Bahamas denied bail for the 30-year-old accused crypto crook who lowered his head and hugged his parents, both Stanford professors, following the decision. It came after a lengthy hearing, Bankman Freed's first in-person public appearance since his arrest in the Bahamas on Monday, well, public appearance in, in the flesh, maybe. He was still phoning into whatever the hell is going on in New York City, a, a Bloomberg, a New York Times, something. Everybody, thank you. Thank you for being, thank you. Thank you for being here. Wearing a blue suit and white shirt at a heavily guarded court in the capital, Nassau, Bankman Freed quickly signaled he would not waive an extradition hearing on being sent back to the U.S., where he faces a slew of federal charges, including fraud and making illegal campaign contributions. Oh, so they got him for that too, huh? But he has ADD, so... And he's vegan. So what are you going to do? Um, I'll tell you what they are trying to do. They're, all, they're trying to claim anti-Semitism. Did you, did you think that we were going to get away from this without that being th- lobbed around here? Here you have it. Headline. Uh, fallen FTX founder Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried and his parents arrive at Bahamas court as his congressional testimony uh, uh, blames depression and claims he's a victim of anti-Semitism. See, it was anti-Semitism that made him steal however many billions of dollars and misplaced things and and uh, wine and dine his orgy buddies and all that stuff. That was it. It was anti-Semitism. It's like saying the devil made me do it. So you, you never, you, you, you think you're going to get away from that. You're not. But this was really a cool take. Jonathan Turley thinks that the feds came in to shut him up at this point that maybe if he was a little bit more mum about what had happened over the last couple of months, he would have skated. Maybe, 
This is not a long article, but uh, worthy of consideration. The Justice Department, this is from JonathanTurley.org, faces questions after effectively preventing Bankman Freed from testifying in Congress. The arrest of Sam Sam Bankman-Fried yesterday was sudden and unexpected in light of Bankman-Fried's plan to testify before Congress. As a criminal defense attorney, my reaction to the arrest last night remains unchanged. This is the first time that I can recall where prosecutors moved aggressively to stop a defendant from making self-incriminating statements. Obviously, I don't think like a lawyer. I don't think this way, so I would ne- that would never have crossed my mind. But I said, oh, continue. His testimony would have been entirely admissible and likely devastating at trial. I previously wrote how Bankman-Fried was doing harm to his case by speaking in the media and to the Congress. So why would the Justice Department move to stop self-inflicted damage? You have a major target who was about to voluntarily testify for hours. That is ordinarily a dream for prosecutors, but the Justice Department moved quickly to prevent that from happening. At that stage, Bankman-Fried was not charged or in custody. He was not protected by Miranda or other constitutional rules from self-incriminating statements. Indeed, some of us had already warned that he was causing himself considerable damage in making such statements. This was a defendant with a large legal team facing possible criminal charges who seemed eager to speak about his actions and motivations. Most prosecutors would sit back, make popcorn, and watch this unfold. The curious move led by uh, led many to question whether the Biden administration was eager to prevent questions on Bankman-Fried's political contributions and associations. He was the second highest donor to Democratic causes in the last election cycle. His mother, a law professor at Stanford, also heads a major Democrat Party campaign fund. It was also possible that the Justice Department simply wanted to show the public that it was moving aggressively despite his close Democrat ties. It may have secured, uh, it may have secured sufficient evidence, including Paul's up. Uh, possible cooperating witnesses to satisfy the basis for charges and an extradition request. Moreover, the charges are likely to make some Democrat figures uncomfortable as this ma- matter enters the criminal process. Well, Republicans as well. All of the, uh, all of the mainstream GOP uh, nut jobs. Yet that still does not explain why the Justice Department would not want to hear a full account from Bankman Freed before effectively shutting him down as a criminal defendant. This is the first time that I can recall where the prosecutors, rather than defense counsel, moved effectively to muzzle a defendant. Whatever the motivation, the timing of the charges effectively stopped the windfall of information coming from Bankman-Fried. He is accused of diverting customer funds from the start of his cryptocurrency exchange to support his hedge fund, Alameda Research. He is also accused of using his fraudulent practices to fund a lavish lifestyle, buy real estate, make venture uh, investments, and fund Democrat causes. The range of charges includes wire fraud, wire fraud conspiracy, securities fraud, securities fraud conspiracy, and money laundering. Notably, the eight counts include violating campaign finance laws, a charge that could prove embarrassing for some powerful political interests. Yeah, especially the fact that when when you talk about the laundering that was going through a war zone that was being largely funded by the Federal Reserve at the direction of the United States Congress, not the Congress, the government, it's all the same thing. 
there's no hierarchy. It's just an operation that was going on. We were part of this. We were part of this. They, I mean, I mean, it, it. I mean, the government. I'm saying they're sending money on behalf of you and I. It's going through a war zone. It's coming out the ass end by Ukraine, by official entities in Ukraine, and it's being funneled back into the country, into just the main party that is running this scam. I know that there's a lot of Republicans out there that are banging the, the anti-Russian uh, war drums, and they're all, they're all Ukraine, Ukraine. Over, I understand, but I mean, obviously, when it comes to money laundering, this guy was not alone. He understood that something was coming his way because he understood who the sender was. It was a very powerful sender who had a central bank on its side. Um, notably, the eight counts include violating. We got that. The charges are on. T- the, the charges are on top of charges announced earlier Tuesday by the Securities and Exchange Commission, which alleged Bankman Freed defrauded investors and used proceed- proceeds from investors to buy real estate on behalf of himself and family. The details of those transactions might have been voluntarily disclosed under intense cross-examination if the administration allowed him to appear as a witness. Moreover. Bankman Freed was already causing himself considerable harm in media interviews. Another thing, with a George Stephanopoulos and with the, 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 the round table somewhere in New York City, Bankman Freed's parents have left Stanford and are reportedly in the Bahamas with their son. They, they themselves face questions. His father, Joseph Bankman, is a tax professor and was a paid employee of his son's company. His mother reportedly worked with him on some of these massive donations to Democrats. The parents are reportedly now concerned that legal costs in the case could wipe them out. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know what's wiping little people out? Having to pay taxes to the federal government that was helping you launder money through a war zone. That's what's wiping little people out. Okay? The the check I'm going to have to write in, I don't know, February is already making me nauseous. I can feel my balls twisting up into a bow. And that's just to stay out of jail, not because not because of some patriotic sense of duty. That's to stay out of jail. What kind of relationship you call that? That's extortion. The question is why the Justice Department moved to stop Bankman Freed as he worked so hard to make the criminal case against himself. He comes across badly in these past interviews like a trophy-laden millennial who believes that he just needs to play to win. It's not quite that easy in a criminal case. If he testified, Bankman Freed could not only have made any criminal defense more difficult, but he could have potentially tripped the wire for allegedly false or misleading statements under oath. It was a target-rich environment for Congress and a potential bonanza for prosecutors. But Congress doesn't even want that. They're probably bailing Congress out as well. I mean, how many people are going to be grilling him that took money from him? You know? And and if not directly, then friends of friends who understand what's at stake here. How many? Is, uh, Is what's her name from Texas? Who's the one from Texas who thought that the Constitution was 5,000 years old? Who slipped the, um, the, the, the envelope to... Who, I, I mean, it's just... Anyway, that's what's going on here. 
That's what's going on there. That's from Jonathan Turley. We'll keep up with that one because at first I thought, oh, okay, well, he's getting arrested. And then Turley brings this up. I said, oh, well, I didn't even know to consider that. So, all right, 7.33. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to save the Ubermensch for the second half of the show. That's what I'm going to do. First thing I'm going to do here is I'm going to take two follow-up um, follow-up things. What is it? Two follow-up stories, old stories that we have follow-ups on. And I also want to invite you to call in. What the hell's on your mind? It's first half calls, 914-595-6953. Thoughts about last night with Shane Cashman? Any thoughts today? I don't know. Have you ever hit rock bottom before? Um, Christmas miracles. I, I Tell me stories about Christmas miracles that you've experienced. Anything like that. Uh, we don't have that much time, so remember a nice, quick elevator pitch exchanges. And if and if there's uh, there's anything worth asking questions about, I'm definitely going to do that. So call on in and have a good time with me tonight. Here's the first one up. You remember we were talking about in Florida that they had found a mysterious something that was making itself visible on the beach and nobody knew what it was. Well, it turns out that mysterious structure, according to allthatsinteresting.com, seen poking out of the Florida beach, has determined to be a shipwreck from the 1800s. Archaeologists believe that the vessel sank sometime in the 19th century when ships were as prevalent as Amazon trucks. After two hurricanes battered a beach at Daytona Beach shores in Florida, local residents started to notice wooden structures poking out from the sand. Now archaeologists have announced that they believe the storms revealed a lost 19th century shipwreck. Whenever you find a shipwreck on the beach, it's really an amazing occurrence. Maritime archaeologist Chuck Mead of St. Augustine Lighthouse and Museum who led the team examining the wreck, told the Associated Press, there's this mystery, you know. It's not there one day, and then it is the next. So it really captivates the imagination. The Associated Press explains, beachgoers first noticed the wooden structures around Thanksgiving weekend. It appeared to be between 80 and 100 feet long and around 25 feet wide and had been apparently revealed after Hurricane Ian and Hurricane Nicole eroded sand on the beach. At first, no one was sure what to make of the structure. The New York Times reported that people hypothesized that it could be anything from an old pier to spectator seating from when NASCAR held races on the beach. But after Meade and his team of archaeologists investigated the cluster of wood, they determined that it was, in fact, a shipwreck. Nothing in there, though, obviously. It mostly, most likely dates back to the 1800s than any other century because there's so many more ships sailing in the 1800s. Another archaeologist on the site, Christopher McCarran, compared 19th century shipping to Amazon. He told Fox 35 Orlando, imagine as many Amazon, as, as many Amazon trucks that you see on the road today. This was the equivalent in the 1800s on the sea. Oh. Well, that's just it. You know, the thing about this as far as the Caribbean goes and all of those, those, um, cause it's pretty shallow waters in many places. I always would read stories about lost Spanish galleons and shipwrecks that would take down these, um, these beautiful gold bars and they, and they would be, they would be, they would, they would find bullion and things like that at the bottom of the ocean or the bottom of the sea in these emerald green waters, all of a sudden a gold bar would pop up 
um, ships that went down with just untold tons of gold and emeralds, precious gems, God knows what other kinds of um, pieces of history that were lost. That's just something I always think about. And I mention on this show as frequently as it's appropriate, the lost treasures at the bottom of the sea. The sea is so much more mysterious than anything else. But this right here was all on the, the beach. Right there, under people in Florida's asses as they were tanning. Just sitting there waiting for somebody. All those well-oiled asses for years. Flipping and flopping. One side of the towel to the other side of the towel. Flip onto the stomach, the ass. The ass jiggles a little bit, then it settles into place. Oiled up and just jiggly and round and beautiful. You know what I'm talking about? That made me feel, I just felt a gust of inspiration. I have been so stagnant energetically all day. Of course, you get little, I get little breaks with hugging Aurora, hugging Lauren. It perks me back up, but I can't tell you. Right now, I just felt a gust go through me thinking about all those asses tanning. Tanning on the beach. Let's take a call from Chad from Utah. What's going on, Chad? Hey, Chad. You there, Frankie? Yes, but you sound like you're 10,000 miles away. Sorry, sorry. Is that any better? There you go. Okay, what's up, my friend? Hey, you know, this this uh, Bankman Freed dude, I was wondering what would be awesome is if somebody created a point spread to see how long he, he makes it. You know, all the all the criteria, how long he, you know, how long he survives, where he's taken out, the mode, how he was, how he was, um, you know, all of that stuff, where the camera's in operation, all that stuff, and then do a whole, like, <clears throat> bet on that shit, you know what I'm saying, as a quite frankly thing. You know, I, gotta be I, 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 Chad, if we were right in, in our Deadpools that we have started in, in the past, when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to someone like Ghislaine Maxwell or even Harvey Weinstein, I mean, we were convinced, well, Harvey Weinstein, the clock is ticking. We give him 30 days. Uh, yep. I, I mean, there's certain things. You know, when I started thinking thinking about this, it, it's a, it all comes down to the personality. Um, who can really handle yep. themselves? I, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried is different. Is different in the way where... Uh, he's obviously unstable. He's obviously scared out of his mind. Um, he's a he, he's a very fragile guy. Has a very particular diet, and he's ADD. He's young. He comes from. He, he's, yeah. he's 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 obviously very soft, and he was doing a lot of bad things, and thought he was going to get away with it. And maybe he thought he was going to get away with it because he knew. His friends were just so powerful. But you know what? That doesn't always help you in the end. When you get yourself into big enough trouble, they flush the patsies. They don't they don't go down with you. They flush you away. They cut they you know, they yeah, isolate you a little cool. bit. So I, I don't know I don't know what they do with a thirty year old millennial type who just you know, who's who's very fragile and soft and will obviously give up whatever over time. If they if they want to just get out of that cage, they're gonna do whatever. Uh, someone like Harvey Weinstein, someone like the son of Sam, uh, they, they they know what kind of uh, forces are holding the world together. And if they really value breathing and being alive and conscious more than they do being dead, 
then um, they gladly, at least begrudgingly, take being alive in a jail cell over anything else, and they just shut up. This kid may may not be able to take that. Who knows? Yeah, I I don't think he will. I think he's gonna he's gonna puke it all up. I think he'll just bleh, bleh. he'll just freaking. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna be quiet. He'll do whatever. I think so, and I, I think that's a concern, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Hillary, Hillary, sorry, go. No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, and Hillary's got the Hillary's got the the fucking assassins to do it. You know she does. She's got either CIA spooks or special forces shit birds that are willing to do anything because those people are fucking out there, and and it'll happen and they'll be it'll be <laughs> it's gonna happen. Well, here's what I'll say. Just, here's what I'll say, and thanks no. and thanks for the call, Chad. It's good to hear from you. Um, we'll get a couple more on. Great points because number one, my first point is it, it's a obviously nobody, and I'm talking about the Clintons. I don't know anybody, anybody that knows 50 something people who have committed suicide. I don't know anybody. So uh, there is a lot more. I mean, we, we make jokes to be able to at least make light of the, the extremely dangerous way that the uh this this the world is run you know from the families that control it we make jokes about that but outside of the jokes i know that there's a there's a a clinton aspect of this i saw that i saw the uh the the events that bill clinton and sam bankman freed did together and all that stuff but um when you look at all of the things flowing into and out of ftx and all of the people involved um i it, it can't be all about the Clintons. In fact, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, seriously, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about just at least one aspect of this is, is funneling money that's supposed to go and fight some kind of a war. So, and, and that's the other thing there too. Obviously he knew what he was doing with the money and obviously he was convinced that the money was going to continue to show up, but you don't really know for sure how much he knew. You don't know for sure how much he knew. It might just be he was being sponsored by big fish who have bigger fish standing behind them and then bigger fish standing behind them. Everybody working through this little autistic, uh, you know, um, uh, eccentric trope, you know, this, this big tech savant trope. They want to just work through that as a puppet. Uh, he gets a taste of the good life, believes that the party is never going to stop, makes a lot of problems for himself and other people, and uh, yeah, yeah. In in the in the um, in the process, it exposes just what the company was being used for. But we don't know necessarily how much he knew. So um, yeah, I still think that he's just a an eccentric little uh i don't know a role that has been cast but there has to be several layers of buffer between he and um and whatever the hell is going on just what i think what i feel in my gut what else, what the hell do i know 914-595-6953 914-595-6953 let's go to discord sully are you there 
Yo, Sully. Hey, how hey. you doing, Frank? I'm doing well. Great to have you on. Hey, finally uh, get on here. Um, so I've been in the uh, cryptocurrency field for quite some time. Okay. And I've met quite a few different people, uh, including um, Brock Pierce uh, of Block One. I don't know if you're familiar with that whole ordeal that happened uh, a couple few years ago. No. But, uh, well, so it has everything to do with Mark Collins Rector and uh, a couple of the people that created PayPal and YouTube, um, along with uh, Elon. Um, but uh, Brock Pierce and Mark Collins Rector are actually um, proven, prosecuted, found guilty pedophiles. Um, huge houses out in LA and the works. And this is years ago and everybody in the industry knows that. Um, and I think that this SBF thing is a ploy to just kind of smoke screen what is about to drop with not only all the stuff that Elon knows, um, and everything with, with Twitter, but there is a massive amount of money laundering that has happened, not just through the cryptocurrency industry and especially Ukraine. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many um, tech geeks that I know are based out of the Ukraine. Um, a, a lot of different projects had uh, gravitated towards that area for this reason. The money just went there. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this, that, that, uh, this SBF thing is, um, he's going to be a patsy. He wasn't going to be before, but like you said, he ends up, you know, jumping on all these things, getting a little, you know, maybe he was trying to, uh, create a dead man switch. Right. But, um, no, nah, he's, he's boned. But, uh, one of the things I put in the chat is you got to look at his girlfriend. His girlfriend is, uh, her, her dad is she's the one that was in charge of the quickbooks right mm -hmm. um her her dad is actually uh on board of the sec yeah i remember we did, have, i remember we did all the, yeah. the the family tree stuff yeah 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 so so um we're looking at a, a takedown of not only um cryptocurrency for good reason i mean obviously they want to bring in the cbdc and all that stuff so that's kind of i think what their fallback is going to be but um they're actually, you know, trying to just mitigate damage. Well, I and, I, I gotta say, when it says when it comes to um, when it comes to all these interviews and stuff, you would think that if he were, if you 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 would think that somebody would step in and say, um, you're you're not doing, you're not doing George Stephanopoulos, or they they would step in with that that financial conference or whatever the hell he was involved in in New York a couple of weeks ago and say, uh, you're not zooming in. Uh, you're not, you're not zooming into any of this stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, he already, he's well, already screwed. Well, nothing, nothing makes sense these days. You no, know, um, I can't, I can't explain why Biden's in the white house. You know, I can't explain half of the shit that he's doing and I can't explain a whole lot, but what I can explain is, you know, you have all of these little, um, aspects of our life, whether that be monetary, financial, you know, um, you know, the exchanges for crypto, and then you have, you know, the inflation with the, 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 uh, um, the federal reserve, you have all of these little aspects of life you have, you know, now we're going to start talking about, you know, the, the Supreme court and, and all of this shit. It's in my opinion, it's all designed to get us confused. A, and then B, 
figure out where we're supposed to go from here. And in my opinion, I do believe that all of this stuff uh, regarding all of the exchanges, because nobody's, and I listen to a lot of different podcasts, including yours, nobody's talking about CZ out of China. Um, and and that's, that's the Binance exchange. It's the biggest exchange in the world. And the only people that are talking about that are the people in my circles. And when that falls, then all of a sudden, you know, Bitcoin is, uh, it's not gone by any means. It'll never go anywhere. Knowing the, the technology, it's never going to go anywhere. But just keep an eye. When you start seeing CZ from Binance in the news, you know that, that, that's, that CBDC, that central bank digital currency is coming in hot and heavy and we're all gonna be like it's time to start doing the run on the banks you know it's time to get your silver it's time to get your stuff well, and they're already starting to talk about it now okay so just get your shit together so, sully thank you for the, the, the cz that's some like it like you said before the, obviously people in your circles would be covering this a lot more so i like getting any kind of crumbs from the table whenever yep. i can that's easy enough for me to to uh to remember cz and he's very very prominent on twitter okay um but yeah so so binance is the biggest exchange in the world i'll get it i'll uh, get chinese you. based i yep. get you go ahead I'm, I'm, that's that's one thing I'll, I'll keep an eye on and as far as the and thanks for the call again that's coming out of the discord right there ladies and gentlemen use that more often because i can get more of you in that's coming out of um that's coming out of china but never never stop with the silver i that's just something that i think is everybody should be doing in little little tiny bits a roll of junk silver dimes some mercury head dimes from the 1920s whatever the hell it is just get a little something here and there uh i'm not a financial guy i don't um i would be hesitant to go and buy stock and anything i'd be hesitant to do really do anything so it's just get out of debt do whatever the hell you can to get out of debt and make all the cuts you can in your life and get nice and conservative with what is going out and knowing what's coming in and uh and, and when you when you're saving just put make a little bit of it physical make a little bit of it physical at a time that's all i would ha i would i would say um maybe some people know better than i but anyway here's a call from randy randy real uh, we got a couple of seconds left go ahead you have the last bit Frank, you had a great show last night. That was amazing. But I want to connect it to Sam Tripoli's interview because Sam said something the other night that really stuck with me. He kept using this metaphor of we're living in a haunted house. Hmm. Remember, You remember that? Yes. So a haunted house needs a boogeyman. And that's why they keep pumping out the fear, the boogeyman, whether it's Putin, Hitler, COVID, 9-11. The haunted house needs a, a, a boogeyman because the whole system is based on fear-based mind control fear-based mind control. And that's why everyone who thinks all these Elon Musk disclosures are going to save the day, information cannot deprogram people. It's a cult. And that's why there's a war on God, because the real antidote to fear is Jesus, is faith. And that's why it's, they have to eradicate faith from the schools, from the public sphere altogether, because that's the real threat to the whole mechanism. I I, uh, I I love that outlook, and and I'm glad that you called in to link those two things together, man. I really did. 
Okay, bless you, Frank. Thank you, man. Yeah, and thank you for all the calls, man. You've been you you really uh, dropped some really nice nuggets uh, uh, onto the show the last few weeks. Thank you. All right, God have, bless. have a good one. There you go. That was Randy. Oh, you know what? That was Rand. That was Randy that that left us with a. I might as well say this now because we're going to go to break. But if you go to quitefrankly.tv and you go to the forum, a newly pinned topic on the forum, I'm just uh, bringing attention to it right now, Parenting and Education Through the Apocalypse. It's right there at the top of the forum. This was inspired by Randy. I believe it was Randy. I said this, an audience member called in not too long ago and asked the question, if you are a parent, a guardian, or a mentor to children in any way, what are you planning to do to protect your children from the coming hellscape in which they ha- they will have to live? The caller was primarily talking about how to educate our children, but of course, you can leave whatever you feel is appropriate for that kind of a scenario. So uh, I have that up. I'll be passing that around. And if Randy, if I did not, uh, if I didn't get the, the question uh, right, I couldn't find the call on the sh- on the actual show. I went looking through it, and I wanted to see exactly how he posed the question. But that is a night that I'm going to be bringing I'm going to be bringing Stephen Jonathan back on to talk about really good at home um, ways of approaching this from an education standpoint, storytelling, faith, everything. So I have that. It's up. It's up on quitefrankly.tv. On the brand spanking new still. It was founded in August of this year, the new forum. I hope that everybody goes there, puts an email address down, and just starts an account on the forum. There are so many people on there from this audience who are making great threads. Here's one from Road Trip that was just started today. SBF and FTX explanation of what really happened. People are already talking about that. A favorite Christmas song by Captain Wiggles. That is a another thread that's there. Wild Eye Pistol Waver says misheard song lyrics. That's a that's a funny one. I I brought that up on the show once before. I added my own little thing there. But you, if you ever had any misheard song lyrics or if you misunderstood them, you put them in there. Uh, how do you stay cozy? That's a nice thread. Favorite Christmas movies. Understanding the Kanye psyop, there's a lot. Th- there's there's a lot of opportunity here for people to jump in, and I hope more and more of you, hundreds if not thousands of you, go to this forum and make it a very popular independent forum, because we can have some great conversations there. They can become show topics, and nobody can ever take this down, because it's not part of. Uh, reddit or anything else like that so go and become a member of the forum thank you so much we'll be back in a moment i I just want to say before we do go because i i have to i have to plug myself at some point here ladies and gentlemen if you um if you enjoy and if you support independent media please please become a sponsor of this show if you've enjoyed any of the time you've had here monday through friday seven o'clock you can set your clock you can set your alarm to me showing up around 6.55 every night and hanging out with you until 9, sometimes bleeding a little bit over, sometimes on a Saturday, always working for the betterment of this show and the conversations we have and, and uh, the mood of the people who are at home hanging out with me. So at bare minimum, if you can please give this episode a thumbs up and share it, 
give uh, give quite frankly five stars or a nice review on iTunes on Spotify. You can go and uh, find everything else on the website, especially on the sponsor us tab, where you can weigh out all of your options for contributing to the bottom line through sponsorship on a monthly basis. I have spots for pen pals and postcard sponsors, Polaroid sponsors, and more on Subscribestar that's open. Um, and uh, and yeah, there's the monthly the monthly uh, mailing list. That's uh, that's another thing there too. Well, it's actually not a monthly mailing list. I would love for it to be a monthly newsletter, but for now, it's just an emergency mailing list that you can get your email on in several places on quitefrankly.tv, including the front page. That's if something ever happens where I'm banned from one site or another, or there's a big announcement, I've published something, I've done whatever. So um, there's that. But everyone gets, if you're a monthly sponsor, everyone gets priority messaging with me. Uh, You get weekly invites to the unlisted Sunday get-togethers. Those are unlisted streams. And you get unlisted also book club broadcast links as well, starting in January. If you want to be part of the book club, and you want to be there for the live broadcast, this is the way you do it. I'll upload it afterwards, um, after the book is done. But if you want to be along for the ride, that's how you do it. And we're also going to be doing monthly patron raffles. T-shirts, show relics, coffee, precious metals, who knows what else. But I, I appreciate you. There's also merch on quitefrankly.tv. And now that I've stopped, now that I've run out of things to say... I leave you in the to, in the loving arms of the intermission. We'll be back momentarily. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Quite so everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you?
we're back. We are back. And I've got myself a little bit of... What the hell is this? Come on now. Logging into the Super Chats. I'm usually already logged in. Alright, here we go. Five minutes ago, Stostube says, This is a gift to you, Frank, for being you. I'm not paying for services. I'd appreciate if Uncle Sam can keep his mitts off of this gift. Be well, my good man. Oh, I, 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 would, I would appreciate if Uncle Sam would leave us all alone. You know? That's one hell of a creepy, molesting uncle. Who the hell needs that in your life, you know? But Stostube, you're a good man. Good family. One of many out there. Thank you so much for being here. Bella, thank you for the tip. No message, but I know what Bella meant. Albert Frederick says, Dude, Biden is a bitch. Trump is a Jesuit. Big Pharma or Frama spelt Pharma wrong. The, Albert, you've got to calm down when you're writing these screeds. You can't, you can't, mis, you can't mis, misspell Pharma. Big Frama is murdering everyone under the orders of Klaus Schwab. Brought down from Operation Lockstep, we did not take the bioweapon, thank God. Spanish flu and somebody was having a fun, somebody was having fun in the Dark Ages. That would be us, at least for a time being. It was the good old days. We can, I cannot surrender these days, so those were the worst days. Those were the worst days. No, nope. They're beautiful times. Life is fleeting, and it uh, it's it's a gorgeous thing. And you've got to you can't let it go. You can't let it go. They want you to surrender it. Look what's going on in Canada. They want people to opt for suicide for literally everything now in Canada. That's what happens when a society has been pushed into nihilism. So we ain't that. Oh, and did you see? Um, there was a study, supposedly, that you are more likely to get into traffic accidents if you are unvaccinated. I shit you not. I saw it on Yahoo in several places today that the unvaccinated are more likely to get into traffic accidents. Why do you think that is? Probably because they're healthy enough to be out driving cars. So, statistically... <laughs> Oh, boy. Let's see. Albert Frederick says again, should we invent the Frankabilly? I think maybe. It's just so illogical and nonsensible that it has to make sense someplace. Okay, maybe I just know... I just like how it sounds. Plus, you being from New York area, the Frankabilly, or maybe not. It was just a thought. Albert is having a night. He's having an evening. Sounds like sounds like Empress Lisa spiked his drink a little bit out there. I hope Lisa had a good a good ho uh not holiday. Well, it is a holiday. A birthday is a personal holiday. Erica Berica, so good to see Erica back. Erica, did you ever uh, Frank said, did you ever repost Robin's rum ball recipe somewhere? I've been looking around on quitefrankly.tv and I can't find it. Keep up the great work, best show out there. I've put it several times on the Discord and in the Telegram. But if you want Robin McCutcheon's 
rum ball recipe, email the show at quite frankly podcast at gmail.com. And as the emails come in, I will literally just drop the PDF into emails and send them on out. You still have time. It's only the the 14th of December. You have nine days, nine days, nine days. You have nine days to get these rum balls made and to let them sit so they become more, more potent. What is the point of eating anything that's soaked in rum if it's not potent enough to put you on your beautifully oiled jiggly ass? I keep picking up this mug and there's nothing in it. All right. How many times do you think I'm going to pick up the mug from now until 9 o'clock? Because it's just... It's just something that I do now. All right. Going on to Rockfin. Rockfin, we've got a couple of tips there. We got one tip from Todd Fife. He's always always out there supporting. Great show last night, Frank. I'm glad you liked it. Like I said, it was one of those shows I'm so happy. It just happened that way. It's just... I would. It would have been a great time with Shane Cashman one way or another. As you can see, he's he's really living and working inside of his passion. So therefore, there is a lot to talk about, a lot, to, a lot of ways to discuss the journey that he's on, the paranormal and investigative journey, trying to add more color and excitement to a world that is being reduced to absurdities and platitudes. But this was a, um, that was just something that we had perfect timing. Perfect timing. Someone said I should take fake sips. Yes. Mmm. Now it is like a, uh, uh, now it is a, a Hallmark Christmas film. You can always tell when people are walking around outside in a, in a Hallmark Christmas film, and you can tell that it's like April. That they actually have to tint, you'll see it. They have to tint the lens, or, or they, they put a certain filter on the film, so it gives it a icy bluish tint to tell the viewer at home, it's cold outside. It's icy. But it's not. You can tell that they're trying to dull out. There's a You can tell when the sun is a summer sun hitting on things. Of course, you can tell when the summer sun is hitting on green leaves as well. You always see green leaves in the background of a of a supposedly New England Christmas scene in those Hallmark films. Um, but everybody's walking around with their gloves and their and their uh, their galoshes. I don't know what the hell that is. What what are galoshes? Uh, and and they're they're clutching their their warm coffee or something. Everybody's over, always ODing on cocoa, but you can tell there's nothing in the cup. And it even has a travel a travel uh, uh, top on the cup, but you can tell there's nothing on there. There are certain things that you can tell about a person when they're holding a cup with actual liquid in there, when there's a weight to have to be dealt with. But you can tell when there's nothing in there, and they're just they're they're holding hollow paper. Okay. Boots are galoshes. Boots. Okay. Understood. All right, let's see. Over on Foxhole. 
Sean Joe, thank you so much. Wonderful with your gold pills. I appreciate you for your sub, your uh, subscription and everything. Boys Blanc, thank you. Witchy Poo, I had to donate through PayPal for the giveaway. All other avenues was kicking me off. Yeah, I, I'll I'll get around to that. I'm sorry. I thought I had a solution, and now people are more people than not are saying they're having a, an issue with it. Well, see if it works for you, and if not, I'll find something eventually. Paulie 9363, collapse of the media, Brazil, USA, Europe. Jesse 81138 sent a cookie, Witchy Poo again, special cookies, and just because Bob out there says Christmas cookies, oh, you know it. You know it. Jay Jules, Bankman is a fall guy. Like Madoff, the shiny ball to keep focus off of real criminals, in my honest opinion. Pod Hermit, thank you for the phone and for the subscription. Thank you, Sean Joe. So, things are going well over there on QuiteFrankly.tv. And remember, it's Wednesday, so in a little while, we're going to have rabbit hole fun. I don't know what kind of a Christmas twist will be put on that, but um, we'll know before you... You know it. It'll be 9 o'clock. All right, here's what I want to do. Today, uh, I'm going to read through this thread because why not? Today I saw this come out of um, of the Trump camp. America needs a superhero, and I will be making a major announcement tomorrow, tomorrow being December 15th. Watch this. America needs a superhero. Major announcement, Thursday, December 15th. So it was... Uh, America needs a superhero. So that's Donald Trump, America needs a superhero. And then he's there opening up his shirt and it says, you know, Super Trump. And he's got the laser eyes, lasers shooting from his eyes. That's right. In the background, it's a meme. Or an animation, I should say background of Trump Tower. But this came out today, and I said, oh, the Superman, the Superman, the superhero, and that whole idea, some people are waiting still for a superhero. It's either the left is is making Harry Potter comparisons to everything, that so-and-so is literally Voldemort, and so-and-so is literally blah, 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 and then... I mean, we, we have the same thing over here, too. And you can say it's just symbolism. Uh, it's just hyping up a crowd. People don't look at him as a god. They don't look at him as anything else like that. And I, I, I understand the nuance. I understand the, the, the we, we even had fun with the God Emperor meme as well. It's great. It's, it was great fun, 2016, 17, 18. But for tonight's purposes, I said... This will be a perfect segue into a nice, nice thread. A little lengthy, but there's plenty in here to sink our teeth into. By Drew Tang at home on Twitter. At D-R-U-T-A-N-G-A-T-H-O-M-E. Great threads. Cool stuff. All right. And here's what I wanted to bring up. What should I, what should I do? Let me, uh, I don't know. Here you go. Perfect. AI. This is this is a thread that he wrote, wrote not too long ago. AI, aliens, ancient Aryans, and the Ubermensch. 
the battle for your soul. Let me get on out of here. Oh, there you go. All right, with recent advances in AI, Musk's Neuralink, and the Navy acknowledging the existence of UFOs, science fiction is quickly becoming science fact. Where do we go from here? Ubermensch was described by German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche as being a cure for the inevitable nihilism of a post-Christian world. Without Christ, who would the people seek to emulate? It would be necessary for such a society to create a new type of Superman. In our previous threads, we've discussed at length the predictive programming roles played by two modern Superman technocrats, Elon Musk and Donald Trump. But what roles are they truly filling and why do we need two moon children to complete the ritual? The concept of Ubermensch was used by the Germans as a goal for their various eugenics programs. They would select the tallest, strongest men with rare genetic traits to breed while sterilizing and killing much of those seen as undesirable to create the peak of human potential. While Iron Man was the first of the Avengers 22 movie saga, Captain America, the first Avenger, was chronologically first in which the main character is biologically enhanced by an, by an escaped Nazi scientist. Howard Stark, father of Iron Man, ran the experiment. The Marvel series itself, named after Marvel, his real name and little-known first name was Jack Parsons. The creator of liquid rocket, rocket fuel and founder of Jet Propulsion Labs, essentially the father of NASA rocketry. They based Howard Stark, the father of Iron Man, after this man, Jack Parsons. This is why when 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 um, Sam Tripoli comes on and I ask him about friends like Brian Callen, my friends of his like Brian Callen, uh, how many of your friends still believe are just they just take the the face value history of what NASA is, what it does, where it came from, and, uh, and, and doesn't believe anything about its occult founding and all that, people like Jack Parsons. Um, and he said, well, m most of them. That's just one of those things. And Marvel, these comics, you get a lot of insight to this stuff. I like having, and I wasn't a big comic book fan, but I have a lot of friends that were, so through osmosis, I kind of, I kind of uh, absorbed a lot of this parallel graphic novel history that really enhances the understanding of what actually happened elsewhere. But Drew Tang continues, while Captain America simply represents the full potential of the human form and an unbreakable shield of defense, Iron Man represents the robotic perfection of transhumanism, a merging with machine and AI in every way, in all ways, in Ubermensch, except in ways previously in, in Kant's. Um, we were, this was, I forget how long ago it was, but we were talking at great length about just the, uh, the discussion of whether you think Trump is controlled opposition or, or is he completing a very specific mission to knock us into the right direction that obviously is going to take a lot more journeying and a lot more uh balancing of what's going on we just got a an email or a super chat from albert just remember reminding you that biden is a bitch i mean you could say a lot more trump is a jesuit nothing is to be trusted and nothing should really be trusted on on i i like talking about 
issues and ideas. And every once in a while, you come across people who tend to get things right more often than not. And, and then, of course, the other layer that you can add to a person as you get to know them is that their intentions. You get to know a person's intentions and what they really, what they really mean and what they're really, their aim is really all about. Uh, are they a good person? Good person does not mean a perfect person. And those are the kind of things that we have to iron out. But when it comes to bigger characters, people that most of us will never get to know personally, like a Donald Trump or a Joe Biden or anything like that, those people that we'll never get to know personally, they're still going to have some sort of an impact on where we go as individuals because we will invariably be going inside of a society that is by and large impacted by people like this. So what do you think? That's the keep keep that in mind as we go throughout the rest of this this uh, this article. Well, this this thread. Here we go. Uh, here we reach a powerful divide between Captain America Ubermensch that still believes in God and the secular transhumanist cyborg Iron Man. In civil war, they lead opposing factions in a fight over submitting their autonomy to one world government as opposed to nationalism. Our last thread focused on the predicted programming pointing towards Trump being the last president and the attack on the Capitol representing the fall of the Republic and the rise of the New World Order. This is the actual title of the next Captain America movie. It's Captain America New World Order. In our last thread, we also talked about how an alien invasion would be the ultimate enemy, the global enemy, to form a global government to fight. But what are these aliens and who has built UFOs and how will we defeat them? And he uh, attached a, a past tweet from November of Bill Clinton on, I think, um, Kimmel or something like that. Drew said back then, given what we know about the chaos magic properties of Hollywood films influencing mass consciousness, it would go to reason that Scientology controlled actors like Will Smith would perform in films that help them achieve their goals. Remember him in Independence Day. And here's a little bit from Bill Clinton. It's not like space. I just hope that uh, it's not like Independence Day. Yeah, right. <laughs> that it's, a, you know, a, a conflict. Well, now we have friends. Maybe aliens. the only way to unite this incredibly divided world of ours. <laughs> They're out there. We better think of how all the differences among people on earth would seem small if we felt threatened by a space invader that's the whole theory of independence you're right you're everybody right everybody gets together and makes nice and you know you and bill o'reilly would be hiding in a bunker together <laughs> the most dangerous thing so there i mean he's not the only one that has said that he's not the only one that has brought that up we have the the famous ronald reagan address about some kind of an uh, off-world threat coming here to make all of our petty earthly differences seem even more petty. But for this, I think Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke, author of 2001 A Space Odyssey, paints the most likely scenario of UFO alien contact and how it plays out, although he always wanted to put the story on film like with 2001, a TV series on it wouldn't be released until 2015. I never watched this, but I saw a lot of clips from it. The book 
Uh, it was published in English in 1953, the same year as Von Braun's The Mars Project, where he gives the title Elon to the leader of the human Mars colony. In this book, aliens come to Earth to stop the war between the U.S. and Russia to prevent total destruction. For the majority of the saga, the alien overlords refuse to show themselves. It is only at the very end where where humanity realizes that they can no longer have children, sound familiar, do the aliens reveal themselves to look like Satan. So no war, no disease, no poverty, but at what cost? And there you have, there's the, uh, there's the aliens at the end. Here we reach an interesting new theme, aliens as demons. I know a lot of people in this chat room have just had their ears perk up. It's interesting to note that Aleister Crowley, the British occultist, claimed to have contacted an entity through rituals that looks exactly like a gray alien 30 years before Roswell. Um, here we go. Among other things, like this, I guess this is back in May. They're talking about um, Aquino over here, so probably talking about uh, Michael Aquino. He is known for writing from PSYOP to Mind War, being accused of ritual child satanic abuse and believing to be spiritual successor of Aleister Crowley. Crowley himself was said to have contacted beings from other world, being uh, and and of course the being below is a drawing of a, I don't know, somebody called Lamb, the Lamb entity. So, and there's a little bit of that background. Now, what's really interesting about Childhood's End is that not only are the aliens demons, but they are also artificial in a way. Their stated role is to guide humanity's evolution into a hive mind and ascension to a higher plane that they themselves cannot access. This is a reference to a concept explored by the ancient Gnostic Christians of Alexandria that were hunted down by the Romans. Their concept of Satan was an artificial intelligence called the Demiurge and his demons called Archons. Both are in Deuce X. The Demiurge and the Archons are jealous of humanity's divine spark and therefore their goal is to make humans forget their true nature, to get them to believe themselves to be purely physical beings in this godless secular world, a goal that has now been largely achieved. I would have to agree on that. What would be the final endgame of such a plot? Now, convinced of AI's superiority culturally, combined with the now common sentiment that humans are destroying the planet and are the real virus, humanity is ready to accept a new religion, transhumanism. You may say, no, I'm not accepting it. Just put, put, put that aside because you are a minority. You are in a minority. They're going for the children. They're going for the devices, the gadgets, the gizmos. Now, most people are going to have their inner, uh, their inner human homing beacons going off at some point saying, no, I, I don't know why, but this just doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel right. I'm not putting that in my brain. I'm not putting that in my wrist. And, um, and I don't know. You can say that, well, it's impossible to get a lot of people to go along with that. But you think about how many people they got to go along with the mRNA. You think about that. And, and, and that's, not, that's not to say that... Uh, even half of everybody who got it wanted to get it. Just think about the little bit of pressure, the little bit of pressure that was applied to the throat and, 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 and the compliance went through the roof. So I'm just saying, consider that. What would the final end game of such a plot be? 
transhumanism, Drew Tang says. Transhumanism is based around the idea that we can live longer, gain superhuman abilities, and transcend the natural, natural limits of hu humanity by merging with machines in an event referred to as the singularity, the ultimate submission of man to machine, which of course is what Neuralink is all about. That is a, a marriage of man and machine. It is a singularity. The potential downfalls of such a system are explored in one of our favorite chaos magic movies, The Matrix, itself based heavily on Gnostic concepts. The Terminator movies really combine our themes by having a time, time-traveling John Connor, JC, savior character to defeat the AI. You know what's funny? Uh, who, who was it? It was the, it was the writer. Is she, is she in here by any chance? I forget her name. This woman who claims to have been, and she might be, the writer of both The Terminator and The Matrix, supposedly, what was the, the, the thing that came before one? One came before the other. I think Terminator was supposed to be the prequel to The Matrix. Oh, I have to find that somewhere. I have to find it. That was really interesting. The potential downfalls of such a system are explored in one of our favorite chaos magic movies, The Matrix. The idea of a transhumanist cyborg Christ, a Christ figure, is the most deeply programmed theme in the modern age. Not only does it fulfill the role of the ubermensch in a post-Christianity civilization, but it transcends it. The ultimate philosopher king to rule the new Atlantis. Musk directly combats nihilism and offers his various projects as a reason to be excited about the future. He offers you ascension, just like Jesus did, except his is a physical trip to the heavens and the promise of a completely controllable digital paradise in your mind. This is why I've seen some people make these, um, make these, these comparisons of Elon Musk to the Antichrist because of how antichristic the promises of healing the lame, making the lame walk, and, and, and fixing things about human beings and offering them a, an ascended state through this marriage of machine, as opposed to those who are trying to reconnect with our more, our, uh, our, our divine channels inside of ourselves, our, our links to God, and actually trying to get back down to the humanity that is being lost with every passing decade, that we become more and more dependent upon uh, factory-produced food. Um, all these types of pharmaceuticals to, to regulate our moods when we used to just be able to go outside and be active and be involved in nature and to grow a garden and to, and to, to be at home raising children and, and, and being a part of a large supportive family, hopefully. I mean, not all families were, it doesn't mean that families aren't dysfunctional and people don't have, have to deal with assholes in their lives. That's never, you know, but uh, by and large, that is what has made humanity thrive in the times that we were thriving more than than ever before but we're being hamstrung right now and some people think that the way that we can get back to being on top of the world is to get ourselves married to the bing search engine you know marrying yahoo to your uh, your your frontal lobe there instead of the other way around you know it's it's again it's the iron man 
versus the Captain America. That's why this whole face-off between Musk and Trump, those two types of character archetypes have been, um, have been brought up so much. And again, two very controversial figures, polarizing even within their own supposed support bases. I would have to say that there is a much higher degree of people who are skeptical about Trump. But then again, you, the, the, you know, to, to be skeptical and to be constantly philosophizing about whether or not one person is the right person for uh, the kind of jobs that we're trying to decide whether or not people like Donald Trump or Elon Musk should have really shouldn't exist. The, the, the presidency as we know it, the imperial presidency, is not even a, a reality within, within the, uh, the charter for the country. You, if you read, if you read the, uh, the Constitution, the presidency is, that presidency is gone. That is long gone. That is a, a, a nearly useless post. And there's nothing more useless than the vice presidency. Nothing more useless than the vice presidency. So here we are with this kind of face-off. What is it all about? He offers you ascension just like Jesus did, except that it's a physical trip to the heavens and the promise of completely controllable digital paradise in your mind. There are small but important distinctions to make around UFOs aliens now that UFOs have been confirmed real. Number one, there's no real reason to believe anti-graphitic flying craft are, the, are from outside of Earth. And number two, there's no reason to believe that little gray men are the people flying them. Well, I think that there's some. I'm not closing the door to that completely. But let's go back to that first fateful Captain America movie. It begins by the Nazis breaking into Norse Aryan church to recover an ancient artifact to use uh, in their super weapons. The Nazis, of course, were well known for their extremely advanced weapons. Where did they get them from? As we've discussed before, the Nazis were very heavily into the occult and channeling spirits, angels, demons, aliens, etc. And it's rumored that they created anti-gravitic floating craft as well. Funny enough, Howard Stark's uh, uh, demos, Howard Stark demos such tech in his first scene. There you go. Your floating cars or your crazy cars. Well, you know, a lot of the technology that they supposedly got was from channeling off-world entities you know that's what we have learned the vril if we ever get robert sepper on this show i understand that it's a lot it's a lot more sexy and a lot more advantageous for someone like robert sepper to go and and appear on a joe rogan i understand i understand i i uh but if we ever got him on this show, and I've, I try from time to time, I don't like being like a crazy ex-girlfriend or, you know, a stalker for people, but I, uh, I pick and choose my times. I'd love to have him on this show in a series of talks. Can't have him on just once. He t- does too much. But I would love to talk about that and, uh, and more. One of the most based individuals on the entire internet, Robert Sepper. Let's see here. While there's no real hard evidence to speak of, There are some leaked pictures from the Soviet Union that they supposedly picked up in Berlin. It is interesting that the reports of Foo Fighters, UFOs started coming from Allied pilots in 1944. On February 26, 1942, there was over 1,400 anti-aircraft shells fired at an unidentified flying objects in California known as the Battle of Los Angeles. 
incredible, incredible event. Six people died from the shells, three from heart attack, and many buildings were damaged by the crossfire. And nothing came down, by the way. The first movie ends, Captain America, with Captain America defeating the Nazi commander Red Skull and then crashes his advanced aircraft into the ice of Antarctica. This brings us to the next major UFO encounter event, Admiral Byrd's 5,000-man 1947 scientific mission, Operation High Jump, which people in this audience will have a very good understanding of at this point. The mission ending just four months before Roswell, it assumed that the true purpose of this mission was to investigate reports of a Nazi base in Antarctica and also to see whether or not there's sufficient coal deposits that can be seized upon. There were many Nazis as well as submarines unaccounted for at the end of the war. Many went to nearby Argentina. There is a uh, Buenos Aires Times article confirmed submarine found off the coast of Necochea, Argentina, belonged to the Nazis. The Nazis did indeed have a base there, as well as many public expeditions there. It would make sense that some may have fled there. Add this information to the fact that there have been massive caverns found under the ice that would be accessible with submarines. Massive caverns where inside, because they are being heated by um, pretty much springs of hot water that's coming from the Earth's core, that these caverns are are huge enough to have submarine bases and hangars, what they're all talking about, but also they, they're heated around 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Like, it's a, it's a comfortable existence. Now, while much of the information surrounding this mission is still classified, there are a few odd things we know of at that point for something deeper. Number one, the mission was ended early, very early. Number two, this interview with Byrd gave in Chile on the way back where he warns of invasion from the Poles. Admiral Byrd warned today that the United States sh uh, should adopt measures of protection against the possibility of an invasion of the country by hostile planes coming from the polar regions. He said, Byrd said that the most important result of his observations and discoveries is the potential effect that they have in relation to the security of the United States, the fantastic speed with which the, the world is shrinking. Recall the Admiral. It's one of the most important lessons learned during his recent Antarctic exploration. Now, how does that all tie together and why do we bring it up? The idea of the Ubermensch AI... UFOs and all of the research projects that have um, have been launched in their collective names. There's got to be a there's got to be a, a a grand vision here, and how we're going to be led there, and who's going to inspire movement in one direction or another. That's the real question. Who do you trust? Who do you trust at this point? Is there ever going to be an Ubermensch that you can trust in human form? Just the question of our time, because I do believe that it's going to be a, uh, a question that we're going to have to answer at some point or a question we're going to be faced with. A lot of people saw, is this one the, the Antichrist? Is that one the Antichrist? I remember when Clyde Lewis was on the show, he, he said that his pick for the Antichrist was Prince William. And um, that's, 
that's more intriguing than other things because Prince William is is largely uh, not too polarizing. Obviously, he's going to be a, a no go for many people because he's a he's a uh, a royal. But as far as someone who is really dug in on one side or the other and just pisses everybody off, that's why I don't see Elon Musk or Donald Trump as antichrist candidates because they they don't unite people. That was that's supposed to be one of the key things that brings people into that dark they lead a they are led by a supposedly benevolent force that is promising a uh, a, a cure-all to everybody's long-standing exhaustion from loss from from panic from from drought from famine whatever the hell it is and we have a lot of that building up right now so I'm going to leave you with that as we go to a, a quick break. It's 8.37, 8.41, depending on what kind of a clock you have. And when we come back, some more of your calls, and we end the show together. So don't go anywhere. We will BRB. live or download it and take it with you wherever you go while you're driving walking working or <laughs> you dirty dog for all things go to quite frankly.tv you like what you see become a sponsor quite frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m eastern wherever you get your podcast so for everything it's quite frankly.tv why you got okay, the bike, Are you crazy? You're fucking you're not, you're fucking you are fucking you fucking fucking you bloody you bloody you bloody Bastard bitch, you fuck you, fuck you! Bloody fuck you, bloody! Fucking mother bloody fuck bitch! Bitch, you bloody fuck you, you! Fucking bloody bastard, you! Benchwood bloody! Benchwood you! You blunder! No, but why is Bloody no! Bloody fucking! Why you fuck me? I fuck you, bloody!
No, they went to John Williams. They went to John Williams, and they said, uh, Mr. Williams, can you make this, the theme song for Superman? Can, can you do it? Per- can you hit it out of the park? He said, of fucking course I can. Sit back. I mean, it, it, listen to this. Fucking perfect. It's it's fucking perfect. That is the beauty of music. You go and you take it. You can tell anybody you need to know anything that needs to be known about a character based on a theme like this. That's it. There is the, there's, you can feel the truth, justice, the American way. You can feel the strength. You can feel the uncompromising character, the rules that, that will never be broken. And it's just uncompromising good and Boy Scout, you know, Boy Scout kind of optimism. You know what I mean? And then you take a song like... Then you take a song, here you go, Danny Elfman's Batman. So what's this all about? What's this? Oh, hell yes. Now this song, now what does this tell you? This is definitely somebody you want to get saved by, but there's there's a lot of pain. There's still a lot of pain. There's a lot of dark there. There's a, this is a more mysterious, cloaked, and and uh, guarded character. You're not gonna yeah. You, you'll be thankful that they show up just in time, but you're not going to know anything about what just happened to you. That's it. You're just gonna have this one story that barely anybody's gonna believe. That you tell it afterwards. Yeah, no, I was getting, I was getting assaulted by this entire, you know, this, this, this gang. Then all of a sudden, this, this smoke came up. I was whisked out of there. Everybody's tied up, and there's this, there's this gigantic, twelve foot wingspan. What, you know, shit like that. This is the beauty. This is the beauty of that kind of stuff, music. But I, I don't know. I was thinking about the Ubermensch and the Superman. And I said, oh, I gotta listen to John Williams. And, um, all right, well, we'll take some calls. It's uh, 8.50. We got 10 minutes left. 914-595-6953. I'll get into your, I'll get into your super chats as well. Let's see here. Palador Veros says, thank you for your amazing work, Frank. Thank you, Palador. 
It's great to have you out there. I appreciate you and both of your tips. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you. And tomorrow night, I hope, is uh, it's an enjoyable show. I hope tonight was an enjoyable show. Then we got Friday and Saturday together. And um, maybe I'll, I'll pack a hookah, one for me, one for Lauren on, on Saturday night, if she partakes. She'll probably, no, no, I'll just have a little of yours. Oh, yeah? Yeah, have a little of mine? You sure you don't want your own? <laughs> oh, what else do we have? What else do we have? Thank you for everybody, again, that's watching across all of our all the platforms that we're on here. Sean Joe, thank you. Robert Sarns. Donna says hi. What's going on, Donna? Good to have you out there. Call from 308. You're on the air. Who's this? Oh, my God, Frank. It's Aaron. I've been listening to you for about three years. I did not think I was going to get through, man. What's going on, Aaron? Oh, nothing. I'm just working. Actually, I'm watching Hallmark Christmas movies with my client currently. What? what well, okay, what are you watching right now? Um, you know what? I don't even know what it's called. It, I mean, ultimately, I it doesn't. Been... It doesn't matter ultimately. But what is it? What? <laughs> figure it out. Honestly, I'm watching. I've been watching, quite frankly, while she's watching this. But let's see. Are you doing it's her? Are, are you right? It's doing what? It's called Making Spirits Bright. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. What year was it done? Oh my gosh. Um. Uh... 2021. Okay, 2021. Let's see. Making Spirits Bright, uh, Hallmark movie, 2021. I want to read about this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we have it. By the way, Aaron, what are you? Are you? Are you a hairdresser? Are you at a bar right now? Are you? Uh, a no, no. Real estate. I do. I actually do. I do in-home care. Okay. Great. Wonderful. And, and, and what's your client's name? Her name is Adeline. Oh, t oh, tell Adeline I said hi. Okay, I will. Okay, let's see here. Making Spirits Bright, movie on Hallmark Channel brings the exciting story. An exciting story as foes turn friends to defeat the common enemy. What is the common enemy? People tend to drift apart. Some people due to circumstances and some due to misunderstanding. Well, what is it about? Oh, here we go. Okay. Making Spirits Bright follows Grace as she must join hands with her rivals to defeat a new formidable enemy. Grace is a co-owner of Richmond-based home staging company. The Ryans are also the seasonal decorating company famous for their work in town. But with the family business on the wane, the annual Bright Nights competition is the ticket to survival. Of course, if they can just win, if they could just win that one contest, everything will be better. Yep, everything's going to be fixed. It'll be a-okay, man. L let me ask you, Aaron. Pretty typical Hallmark movie. Let me ask you, Aaron. Is uh, Tell me, is the uh, the winning the contest, is it important because there's going to be a very big magazine that is going to be covering it and and all of the and all of the attention from the winning uh, the, the from the magazine is going to bring new business into town like wh what's the big game changer of winning the contest it has to be media coverage well you know what i don't know yet this is just the beginning of it so i'm just i've just basically covered the fact that you know the store is in dire straits you know they're just hanging on by a thread and that's really about as far as we've gotten oh, wait. a lot of you know here it is fights and stuff. here it is aaron the winner of the competition gets the contract <laughs> 
gets the contract to decorate every municipal building for the next season, as well as gets the exposure that comes with being the winner and a cash prize. Now, the exposure, if that is not a, if that that's usually like, oh, oh, oh my God, you know, Christmas Decorations Magazine is coming here. You know, like somebody like Valerie, you know, some, some you know, what's her snatch is coming to my town. She's the biggest decoration uh, journalist that there is. I yeah, never, she turns out to be a total bitch in real life. Right, right. But they need that. They need the write-up. <laughs> so hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So here's what's going to happen. The, Ryzen, the Ryans have their work cut out for their ex-business partner, Frank Soto and a tech-savvy newcomer in the fray. As Grace reunites with her childhood friend, Tony, things get a, big, a bit awkward. Uh, she has to fall in love with Tony. Totally fine. She, she has to fall in love with Tony. Things get a bit awkward, but they soon realize that they may need to bury the hatchet and join hands in defeat of the newcomer. Can the two families put aside their differences, work together towards a common goal, and possibly mend decades of an old feud? I don't know. I don't know if they can do it. Oh, they're totally going to do it, Frank. They totally do it. Well, hey, you know what? I was actually calling because I wanted to find out if you had heard about the Roger Stone interview where he talked about the portal opening. Yes. I spoke about it very briefly last night, and then I went out and I found I found the interview, and I saw that they actually they cut away to images of this almost like glowing orange orb something that that's over the um the the white house and from what i saw some accounts said that it did not move for weeks it was just up there for weeks what see i want to see i haven't seen the pictures of it yet i gotta find them okay where'd you find the picture let me hold on let me see uh roger stone hold on roger stone claims that a satanic portal I got this off of rightwingwatch.org. So these are people who think that, you know, obviously this is where all of the crazy lefties, they go there and they take account of all the crazy white right-wingers that have way too much free speech and, and they use it in ways that they think is dangerous. Um, here is, let me see if I can make this bigger. All right, are you watching right now, Aaron? I had to turn you off. Okay, all right. Well, then let, let's hang up so you can see. Okay. All right. Thanks, Frank. Talk to you later. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. So here's Roger Stone claims there's a satanic portal over the White House. And this is really, I'm trying to get a little bit closer. It's almost like a cluster, a circular cluster of lights. Hold on. We, we who believe, we can close the portal. But we can only close it through prayer, massive prayer. Mm-hmm. Millions of Christians praying to close the portal. If you look closely, there's like a, it's like a swirling cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've tried to find, you know, some some natural explanation, mm-hmm. reflection, uh, or an aerostat balloon for weather. No, I, I sent a personal friend down there. He thought I was crazy. I said, Hey, do me a favor, go down there. You just, a regular digital camera. See what you see. We have that. that. And Roger, what, how long ago did that? Did they take that picture? So roughly, those were sent to me by my friend John Ardwood. I sent another guy down because I wanted to be absolutely sure. I'm not interested in embarrassing anybody here, despise yeah. myself. Uh, but the, these pictures are only several weeks old. Okay, uh, so while you're talking, uh, Emily 
has we have three of them from you there's only a couple weeks old several weeks old you said and remember what we just showed you a few minutes ago is months old three or four months at least yeah so emily while you're talking roger show those three photos that your friends took okay so here there is that circular thing there you can see it uh it's very very clear uh, now here's the only thing i as far as depth perspective goes or depth perception i should say I don't, I don't know if that is directly over the White House or if that is in the distance and based on the angle. I mean, either way, what the hell is that in the sky? And you'll see it gets a little bit closer. It's like, uh, it just, I don't know. Hold on. It doesn't move day or night. It's harder to see during the day, but you, you see it at night. Uh, and uh, I'm absolutely convinced uh, about the inherent, there it is again, about the inherent evil of what's going on in the White House, what's going on in the country and i think it's imperative that people know about this that people of good faith that christians know about this so if anybody in the washington dc area is able to scope this out themselves the skies above the white house and if you're able to see any of this and catch it on on cameras send it in to us so we have something exclusive to talk about other than that i mean obviously a headline like that makes it around and I'm gonna say, oh, let me see. But who the who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? I I, I don't doubt I don't doubt that we uh, that portals have been opened and are being kept open. I do not doubt any of it. I mean, think about just some of the the figures that we were talking about tonight. Rocket propulsion technologies, people who were pretty much the uh, the progenitors of NASA. Think about the stuff we were talking about tonight. That is, that's child's play. They know that stuff has been a feature in uh, in human history for thousands of years now. But ladies and gentlemen, it's been a wonderful time with you all tonight. And I didn't know, you know, just exactly what we were going to do. But it was great. It was nice. As it always is. Thank you for calling in. I also want to say a a, a happy birthday to someone. This is, hello, Sir Francis. I tried sending you a super chat today, and I don't know if it went through or not, so I'm writing this in just in case. I was wondering if you can give my son Logan James a birthday shout-out. Today, December 14th, is his sixth birthday. Big birthday. I also had wrote a story about him on your mouth uh, on your uh, your out of the mouths of babes forum. I had no idea how to work that super chat function. I have that story right here. Now I'm going to do a lot of out of the mouths of babes on Friday, but I'm going to read this one. This is from Wizard Mitten, our good buddy over here. Happy sixth birthday, Logan James. That's a big day right there. Um, here's what. She said, here's what she said. Uh, He said, one day I was at a local park playground with my five-year-old son. A woman came jogging up with her child in a stroller and had stopped to play. The jogging woman was in a sports bra and tight leggings as a jogger jogger typically would. I I love her already. The The lady had stopped and took her child up to the playground to the slide area and my son followed behind her. I was down on the ground close by my son to keep an eye on him when I heard the lady say, I heard the lady say, are you sniffing my butt? I looked up to see my son inches away from her butt 
As she was bent over tending to her child, I was horrified and calmly asked my son what he was doing. He turned around with the biggest grin on his face and proudly said, I'm checking out her butt, Dad. <laughs> Wait until he goes to the beach in Florida. I was so embarrassed, I didn't know what to do. I just apologized to the lady and got my son and got out of there as quickly as possible. What? <laughs> this ended up being very appropriate for tonight's show. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, well, happy birthday, Logan James. Happy birthday, Logan Ga James. There you have it. What are you going to do? Out of the mouths of babes. Thank you, guys and gals. We will see you tomorrow. You have been wonderful company tonight, and um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to another round. Become a sponsor if you can. I'd love to have you aboard. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, it's filmed by in front of a large studio, <laughs> live studio audience. And now our super chatters. I'll tell you why I was laughing tomorrow. Starting with Palador Veyros. Albert Frederick, Stostube, Bella, Albert Frederick, and Albert Frederick again. Got a lot from Albert tonight. I hope that Lisa's doing well. Erica Berica, thank you so much. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you to Todd Fife on Rockfin and all of my friends on Pilled. We have wonderful after-hour programming ready for you right now on QuiteFrankly.tv. So do not leave. In fact, meet me there, and I'll see you in the chat room before long. Good night. Will you shut up? Yeah.